Romans chapter 5 verse 8 For God commended his love towards us In that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us So it's not about what we have done Or what we will ever do It's about his love for us I can boldly tell you That it's not about what you have done It's not about what you are doing It's not about what you will ever do God loves you And you need to realize that because he loves you He will not lead you in what you are going through single person and our desire oh god is that your word this morning would not leave any one of us the same way in the name of jesus let every man be changed let every woman be changed every young every adult every child every boy every girl let them be changed by the power of your word in jesus mighty name we have prayed come on let somebody say loud amen all right, can we jam our hands together for the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. All right, very quickly, I'd like us to turn our Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Um, I've been reading this particular portion of the Bible for a while uh, in this particular series because I feel like we've not exhausted the fullness of what it's saying to us. Uh, we should not forget that we're treating a topic titled Honeymoon Forever. And one of the things that this teaching is supposed to do to us is supposed to leave our marriages better and not just our marriages alone, but also our relationships. Praise God. And when I talk about relationships, it goes beyond uh, fiancé, fiance, praise God. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Uh, I'm talking about our relationships with one another in organizations, in churches, in businesses, uh, customer to clients, praise God. You know, all of those things. It's supposed to make us better, praise God. But don't forget that. But basically, we're looking at marriage, amen. But what we're dealing with will help us in our entire relationship with one another, praise God hallelujah all right are you there in the book of matthew chapter 18 this morning matthew 18 uh, i'll read from verse 1 now at the same time came the disciples unto jesus saying who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven and jesus called the little child unto him and said in the midst of them verily i see unto you except ye be converted and become as little children you shall not enter into the kingdom of God. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of what? Of heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, now let's read from verse 21. And then Peter came to him, that same chapter, Matthew 18, 21. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and i forgive him then he said till seven times then jesus said unto him i say not unto thee seven times but until 70 times seven hallelujah glory to god all right um we started this particular journey uh by having a discussion on a wednesday 
and it was more like a live interview more like an interview for me and my wife and um, a lot of questions were asked and uh, we did we tried as much as possible to be sincere and down to earth in our conversation in that discussion uh, and we did that basically so that a lot of people all around the world will be helped in their marriages and in their relationship because if you will agree with me the times that we live in uh, are uncertain times now when i mean uncertain times i'm talking about marriages you'll find out that a lot of marriages are being rocked by trials a lot of marriages are being rocked by issues. Different things are happening in different homes. Praise the Lord. Uh, someone said some time ago uh, that um, I think that this person was a lawyer and um, lawyer a judge and he said um, the number of cases of people who are filing for divorce uh, in Abuja had actually been on the eye, I mean on the increase. And the person said that um, it's interesting to know that those marriages where people are filing for divorce, they are marriages that are be below the a, I mean below three years. Uh, are you following me? Which means that the, uh, the the more people who are saying I want to leave this person, uh, the larger percentage of them are people who have been married and their marriage is not more than three years. Are you following this? Uh, and so I began to ask myself, what exactly are we not getting? What exactly uh, do we not understand that is making uh, marriage something that people play with in this generation? Are you following this? Uh, sometimes you will see, especially for those of us, I mean for those people, praise God. Don't let me say those of us, praise God, because I don't do so. Praise God. Those people who, who follow all these celebrities back to back. Are you following me? Sometimes you hear they say, oh, this particular lady, uh, this is her seventh marriage. Praise God. There's a particular artist, you know, while before I got born again, that I love so much. I think Jennifer Lopez or thereabout. I mean, she's, she's been married for maybe seven times. I, I can't remember now, but <clears throat> multiple times. And every time she's getting married, you will feel like, oh, maybe this is the bus stop. Praise God. Because you look at the guy she's getting married to, excuse me and you say oh this is a nice guy this person will not alter oh their marriage is going to work but before you know it the marriage is over they're already filing for divorce glory to god so what exactly is the issue now one of the things that we mentioned during that live interview is that there's no marriage that will not be rocked by storms there's no marriage in fact the first thing we need to do is to settle that in our minds we need to settle that in our minds. So, when we talk about honeymoon forever, we're not saying that there will not be challenges. Oh, are you following me? That's not what we're saying. But we're saying to us that you can still have honeymoon in your marriage that will last you an entire lifetime, praise God, because you are able to get beyond issues every, at every point in time. Are you following me? You're able to get beyond issues. Marriages will be rocked. Trials will always come. Scarcity will always come. I was speaking to one of my sons, Femi Abikonlu. Um, he's, a, he's a doctor now. He's on his way to becoming a professor. Praise God. Back then when we were in school in Futa, they used to call him Fadaka. Praise God. Uh, and I was speaking with him in New Zealand, I think about two or three weeks ago. And he was telling me the impact of COVID-19 in New Zealand. Now you see, the impact of COVID-19 goes beyond finance. 
that the rate of divorce in New Zealand is already on the eye. Because the husband lost the job, the wife lost the job, praise God, hallelujah. And they have never, I mean, it's something they have never experienced before. And that's why you know it's interesting that sometimes hardship too is good because it teaches us lessons. Oh, come on, do you understand what I'm talking about? Hardship is good because here in Nigeria, praise God, hallelujah, people have been through tough times. People have been through hard times, praise God. So when tough times come, you'll find out that the husband is able to hold on. The wife is also able to hold on, praise God. But you see, in such climates where they have never experienced such before, Femi was telling me that it became so difficult because the wife is not working, the husband is not working, and they have kids to take care of, and COVID-19 keeps on ravaging their land. They can't get a job. Do you understand what I'm talking about? In fact, he told me to a point that because he works in a university and they couldn't go to school to teach, you know, and all of that. So at some point, he had to, he had to look for alternatives. Even he himself had to look for alternative, alternative job to do at some point in time. But his wife is a medical personnel, praise God. And you know that during COVID, they are seriously engaged. So it was more like it was the wife that was really bringing the source home. Because they couldn't go to school to, to lecture. He's a lecturer. Praise God. Hallelujah. But he said all around them, the issues of, you know, finance keeps telling on, impacting on different marriages. And because they could not hold on again, they just said, man, I, I, can't, I can't do this again. I can't do this again. It, it's over. So he said the impact of COVID-19 in New Zealand, and I'm sure it's the same all over the world, goes beyond just people getting sick and they are dying. Are you following me? It impacts on marriage. There are some people who have lost their income, and right now they're in a place where they are stranded. Glory to God. And you see, when you get to such points, what then do you do? How then do you handle it? How then do you handle the pressures of life? How then do you handle the things that is coming against your marriage? The things that is coming against your union? How then do you handle it? Or are you following this? And that brought me to this particular text. The Bible says Jesus, that one of the disciples, the disciples came to Jesus and they said, Master, who is the greatest when we get to the kingdom of heaven? And they were expecting Jesus to either say, oh, wow, don't worry, out of all of you, it's going to be Peter. Praise God. Or he was going to say, oh, no, not Peter. Yeah, he's going to be John. That was what they were expecting him to say. But Jesus, in the midst of the crowd, when they came to ask the question, called for a little boy. And when the boy came, when the child came, Jesus put the child on his laps and he began to say in verse 3, in verse 2, uh, okay, let me read from verse 2. And Jesus called the little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and he began to say, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the great in the kingdom of heaven in other words jesus was saying that the greatest when we get to the kingdom of heaven is they are going to be children are you following this now let me show you tell you something that i read on the internet some years ago and uh, uh, according to the writer the person said it was a true life story now in a particular city um majority of them were farmers 
Now, it had not rained in that city for a while. So, they were seriously trusting God for rain. So, an evangelist came to that city and he said, well, if you need rain, then let's gather together and pray for rain. So, they fixed a particular day. They fixed a particular time when they were all going to gather to pray for rain. So, when that day came and that time came, everybody came out of their house to go to the venue that had been chosen. But watch this. Everybody just came out of their house and they started going to where they were going to pray. But a little girl left her house and while she was leaving, she held an umbrella while she was going. And when she got to where they were going to pray, somebody asked her and said, I mean, <laughs> uh, why, why are you with that umbrella? I mean, <laughs> the sun is high up in the sky. Why did you come to this prayer meeting with an umbrella? Guess what she said? She said, I thought we came here to pray for rain. Oh, you didn't get it. That means, if we're coming here to pray for rain, then rain is going to fall, so I need umbrella by the time we're done praying. Oh, are you following me? Have you found out that a child believes anything you tell them? Oh, come on, talk to me. Have you, have you found out? That they just believe anything. Tell them you buy them a car tomorrow, they believe you. Tell them you build them a house tomorrow, they will believe you. Oh, do you understand what I'm talking about? Tell a child that you see your daddy is the strongest man in the whole world. He believes you. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And he will get among his friends and tell them, you know what? Your daddy is not as strong as my daddy. Then the other child will ask why I say, my daddy told me that he's the strongest man in the world. My daddy will beat your daddy. Do you understand what I'm talking about? The child believes. The child doesn't have doubt in their mind. Now, at the beginning of this teaching, especially I took time to go through this in, in, in Akure Dol in Lofet. You see, we have grown up. We have become adults. And because of the complexities of life that we have seen, the issues of life that we have seen, the trials of life that we have seen, our life as adults has become so complex uh, that the thing that a child will believe in, we find difficult to believe in. Oh, is somebody with me this morning? Do, do you understand what I'm saying? We find it difficult to believe in. Oh my God, I talked about a song in Akure. That was the first night of Love Fest. And by the time we were done, oh my God, on Sunday evening, by the time we were done, I, I wanted to play the song during the message. But you see that song just jumped out of my spirit from nowhere. So we're not prepared for it. But by the time we were done, oh my God, somebody just went to the technical department and said, I have the song, we need to play it. And by the time they started playing the song, then people who heard me singing the song, they stayed back and another prayer meeting started. It was a song by Bethel Music featuring Dante Bowie. And the title of the song is Take Me Back. Oh, he's not saying that God should take him back, like back, back. He said, but God, take me back to the moment when I first believed in you. He said, those moments when I first believed... 
when easy when it was easy for me to trust you when trusting you was easy when loving you was easy how many of you remember when you first got saved let me see your answer how many of you remember you you you, you were so on fire do you understand what i'm talking about that was when the, when you came to church and pastor told you that jesus said that nothing is impossible you believed that nothing was impossible there was a man who they said died beside your house you went there you laid your hands on that dead even though that dead may not have come back to life but you never stopped believing you were like a child you believed god you trusted god whatsoever he said he could do you believed it at that level but you know you have seen too much right now and when god said this is what i will do you begin to do some calculation you bring your calculator out and you begin to punch the numbers you begin to add your salary together and you say even my salary for the whole year cannot fix this he cannot do this so how will i get a car in year 2021 how will i build a house in year 2021 how will god do it how 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 we keep going how 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 but have you discovered a child does not ask how whatever you tell them they just believe it they just believe it they just believe it that song said take me back take me back to the moment when i first believed he said then i used to hear you there was a way you used to talk to me he said but lord take me back to that moment he said i want to hear you again the way i used to hear you then i want to hear you like that i want to love you like that i want to trust you like that he said oh take me back back all the way back oh take me back to my first love when it was all simple and loving was easy when it was all simple and trusting was easy when it was all simple you, you discover that the gospel of our lord jesus christ was simple for you as at that level do you realize that not until you stumbled across the greek and the hebrew and they come they come they come they come you stumbled suddenly across the you know the portals and realms then you two you begin to go inside of realms and portals and everything became complex for you but i dare oh my god oh my god oh my god huh? i was sharing one of my i know maybe most of you will have heard me share this several times i see share with, with pastor only of late when I was in school in Futa, I put together a meeting. It wasn't, I don't think it was up to six months or thereabout that I got born again. I was on fire. Oh my God. I was burning. I want every Tom, Dick, and Harry around me to get saved that same day. Do you understand what I'm talking about? When I approached the student union building, hey, all the guys are disappearing one by one. Do you understand? You know, if they are seated in a circle drinking beer, when all they see me coming, they know the preacher is coming. And you know, I'm not that kind of preacher that will come there and they will beat. They, because they recognize who I was before. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So when I'm coming, they say, Abanji Timbo, Abanji Timbo. They say, hey, Maria Lola, Maria Lola is a liar. Ah, Moniklas, Moniklas is a liar. They are using style to discharge themselves. Then the unfortunate ones that I now meet there. Ah. Oh, yeah, you will give your life to Christ. Ah, he's, he's, my, he's my fireman. You will give your life. Do you understand? I was burning. And at that level, whatever God said I should do, I believe it. It, it. I mean, it's interesting. Even up until now, that's the way I still operate with God. And that's why people who are complex don't understand me. 
Do you understand what I'm talking about? I want to maintain that simplicity with God. I don't want to go into complexities when it comes to God. I want to be as simple as possible. I want to be a child before God. I want to have a heart of a child before God. We put together an anti-cult meeting that time. And all of a sudden, the school came up with a law that nobody should make use of the school facility for any religious activity. And we're already planning the meeting. It was my pocket money that I was using. We didn't have any partner. We didn't have anybody. It was my pocket money that I put together to print postals. It was my pocket money that we used to collect, you know, and some other people who, were, who believed in what I was doing also came to, we gathered our pocket money together to rent, get an hotel for the guests that we're bringing. And we're bringing somebody who was an ex-cultist that was coming to preach in that meeting and we titled the meeting U-Turn. That's like U-Turn. You know, where you're coming from, you know, you just make a U-Turn. That was the tip of the meeting. The poster was already everywhere. And we're having high expectation. We were praying. We were believing God. And all of a sudden, the meeting was going to be on Saturday. Then on Friday, I sat in class. And as I sat in class, hoping that by the time the class is done, I was just going to go and finish up the remaining preparations, you know, pertaining to the meeting the following day. Then the HOD came into the class and said, Banjo Ladiko, I said, yes, sir. I mean, I'd never really had anything. I'm, I'm just a, an easygoing guy. I don't have issues. So I, I was surprised at first. Well, how did the HOD even know my name <laughs> in the first place? So he came and said, Banjo Ladiko. And I stood up. And he said, um, I should come. Then I went outside and he said that they just brought a notice that I'm wanted in the dean of the student affairs office. And I said, for what, sir? He said, he doesn't know. But that's the instruction, that I should go there right now. And I said, okay, sir. So I took my bag, and as I was going, I was thinking, what business do I have with these people? Why would they call for me? What's the issue? What could happen? Then all of a sudden, it was as if something just clicked within me that it was going to have to do with the meeting that we're going to have the following day. So when it clicked, it was likely going to have to do with the meeting because of the new rule and regulation the school just brought up. I started praying in other tongues. So I spoke in tongues. I spoke in tongues. I mean, people who were passing by me, I didn't send anybody because some of them were shifting like, who be this mad guy? You understand? I was speaking in tongues. You understand? And I got to the dean of student service office. I knocked the door. The secretary said I should come in. So I opened the door and I came in. Then she said, yes, what's the problem? I said, ma, I was called from the department. He said, oh, he said, are you Banjoladipo? I said, yes, ma. He said, okay, just said, stand there, just wait. So I stood there. Then I saw some people going in to the Dean of Student Affairs office, including for Futerians who probably are joining us this morning. Pastor Ari Jesuo, who died some weeks ago, was killed by Fulani Edsman. He was assistant, he, was de he had become deputy registrar as I when he was killed. He was also in that meeting. It was the guidance and counseling uh, person for Futa as a den. You know? So he also walked in. So when they were complete inside the dean's office, then the dean said, call that boy for me. So I went inside. Meanwhile, while I was still standing there, I was mumbling words under my breath. I was speaking, I was speaking in tongue. You know, the, the secretary was just looking. What, what kind of a boy is this? What's he doing? I was just, you know? So when they called me, I went inside. They did, they formed like a semicircle. Then they put a chair in the middle. So they said, all right, young man, 
sit down on that chair. So I sat down. But you see, when I sat down, I sat down on the edge of the chair. I didn't sit down comfortably. I sat on the edge. And the dean said to me, Professor Fagman said to me, he said, sit down, sit down comfortably. I said, no, sir. I said, I said I'm okay. I'm okay on the edge of the chair. Whatever we need to discuss, let's, let's go ahead. So the dean said, okay, there's no problem. Then he brought out the postal of the meeting. And he said, are you the one conveying this meeting? I said, yes, sir. And I said, you know, he, that was what he asked. So he said, are you the one conveying this meeting? I said, yes, I'm the one. I said, in fact, we are prepared for it. I said, courtes are going to be changed on this campus. In fact, we cannot wait to come back and share the testimony with you. <laughs> then he looked at me and said, well, he said, that's a good thing you want to do. He said, but the school has said that you should not make use of the school facility for any religious activity. Then I told him, I said, sir, I said, even though this may look like a religious activity, I said, but sir, have you realized that what we're trying to do is to get some cultists saved? And we're bringing a preacher who was once among them that is coming to preach to them so that they can have somebody to relate and connect with and they are changed. And I said, I believe that Futase all does not support cultism. They're against cultism. So I said, sir, I, I don't understand what you're saying because this is a program that I believe that the school should call me and say, all right, at what magnitude do you want to do this? Can we give you some money and blow this meeting up? And he said, well, unfortunately, that's not what's going to happen. He said, the school has said this, and that is what is going to happen. And I said, sir, what is going to happen? He said, what is going to happen is that you will not hold that meeting at the sports complex tomorrow. You will not hold it. And I said, sir, I laughed. And I said, sir, I said, that's going to be impossible. He shifted, he adjusted. He said, what do you mean? I said, yes, that's the truth. I said, it's going to be impossible. He said, why? I said, good. I said, if you had called me maybe on Monday, earlier before now, maybe we'll have made alternative arrangements. Maybe we'll have printed another set of posters to tell people we're changing venue. I told him, I said, the preacher is already on his way from Milani right now. We've rented an hotel for him to stay. The posters, everybody have expectation that we'll be at the sport complex tomorrow. How do we manage the information between now and tomorrow that we have shifted venue? How do we manage it? He said, that's not any of his problem. I said, well, sir, if that's not none of your problem, then I said, sir, tomorrow by 9 a.m., we're live at the sports complex. And we're going to be there. We're going to hold that meeting. And people are going to be saved. Then he looked at me and said, why are you talking like this? He said, I am the president, the vice president. Of, you remember, you know, he's a lecturer. My wife was in his department. He said, I'm the vice president of Gideon's International Bible in Ondoste. I said, congratulations, sir. I said, we're not here to talk about posts or, or titles. We're here to talk about the kingdom of God. Now, the way I'm speaking to you was the way I was speaking to all of them. It was just me and Fagbino that were discussing. Every other person stood and they were just watching me like, I mean, we've never seen this before in a panel. Then at the point in time, they brought out my file. And the Fagbino said, well, this is your file. Everything about you is in this file. You know, trying to show me that, you know, make me think that, like, this is your life. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And your life is in our hands. Uh, when he brought out the file and was calling to it that this is your life, I said, good. I said, I don't know, maybe you have read it, sir. I said, if you have read that file, then you will discover that I'm a direct entry student. 
that I went to a school state college of technology and I said in that school and I told him I said I got saved on this campus Futa campus I said before I came here you don't want to know the kind of person that I was I said that's okay where I came from I said we kill people and we don't keep people in the middle of the night we kill them at daylight live before people that's how we kill people I said go and ask I'm sure you know the story of what goes on in Oscote that is what we do that's the kind of environment that I came from and I said I got here I got saved and I'm trying to reach out to the guy to come out of darkness into the light and you are here telling me to stop i said sir i don't know what i don't know what to say i said well it's just impossible i said it's impossible he looked at me at that point he said ah, jesus said give unto caesar that which belong to caesar he said this is the school law if you have read your bible enough young man you should know that this is the school law you should give unto caesar that which belong to caesar i said yes jesus said that I said, but that same Bible said after Jesus was about to leave, Jesus said, give unto Caesar that we belong to Caesar, right? Then at the end of the life of Jesus, when he was ascending into heaven, he told his disciples, he said, go into all the nations, go into all the world, go into all the earth and preach the gospel to every creature. I said, that was the last instruction. And I said the disciples took that up and they went everywhere. And I said, Did you read in the book of Acts that they tried to stop them many times? They beat them, they flogged them, they even killed some of them. I said, But they did not stop, they continued to preach. And I said, Sir, what I have to say to you this morning is the response of the apostles to the council of elders when they whipped them from preaching in the name of Jesus. I said, Sir, is it good in your own sight? And all of you seated here, either to obey God or to obey man. And the dean said, Ah, are you now saying we are men? I said, No, sir. I said, You quoted the scripture. And I also quoted my own. It's one one. It's one one. You quoted one. Give unto Caesar, and I'm quoting my also. So at that point in time, he realized that ah, this guy is a stubborn guy. Then he called on Pastor Arigesio. God bless his soul. He said, Pastor Arigesio. He said, You are also a pastor. He said, Maybe, just maybe, you'll be able to, to talk to talk some sense into this boy. And he was once seated beside. I can't forget the expression on his face. When he said he should talk to me, he first breathe in. I mean, breathe out. And breathe. He did. <sighs> then he said, eh, I can't forget those words. He said, I love your zeal, young man. I said, you are passionate. You have zeal. He said, but um, you know, sometimes ignorance. Eh, in the book of, it's just that I don't have my Bible. I said, ah, you don't have your Bible. Wait. And that those days, I have this big Bible that I used to carry about. I have this strap bag. The Bible, that Bible is the only thing that is inside. I carry it everywhere, everywhere I go. Comparative study Bible, four in one. When you look here, you find King James. Here is NIV, here is Amplify, here is Message. So I said, sir, wait. Then I opened my bag, brought out the Bible, slammed it on the table, opened it, and I pushed it to him. I said, sir, if you can just show me one place where I'm ignorant in what I'm doing right now. I said, I will cancel that meeting tomorrow. He looked at the Bible. Maybe he has not seen comparative study Bible before. He just he looked at it and while he was trying to do, the dean just said, "What are we? Why are we even arguing with him? Why we? Say, young man, if you hold that meeting tomorrow, you will face the full wrath of the school law." I said, "What is this, sir?" He said, "You will be expelled from this school." I didn't allow the 
the response to be cold. You understand? Immediately he said, you will face the full wrath of the school. I said, what is it, sir? He said, you'll be expelled from this school. I said, sir, after expulsion, what more can you do to me? And there was silence in the panel. Silence. And when I saw that nobody was speaking for like 30 seconds, I said, it looks as if nobody has anything to say again. I said, can I leave? Because I have a meeting to plan for tomorrow. And he didn't say, okay, you can go. I picked my Bible and I left. But interestingly, after I left that place, when I got outside, I was telling myself, Banjo, are you all right? <laughs> I said, are you all right? Are you okay? You know, but I just trusted in the fact that I prayed in tongue. I was connected to God's spirit before I went into that place. And I was sure that if, if, if it was my emotions playing out, I wouldn't do what I did there. I would rather tell them, sir, ah, don't be angry, sir. Please, sir, we will not do. So I was sure. I was sure it was not my emotions. I was sure it was God that was pushing me. Even though I felt a part of me was feeling scared. What if? What if? What if? But my confidence bounces back. You see, those moments, I was just like a child. Whatever God wanted me to do, I was ready to do. Oh my God, and if you're close to me, even up to now, I have not changed. Because I keep saying, I want to remain a child in my God's hand. Do you don't understand what I'm talking about? There are benefits that a child has that adults does not have. There are benefits. A child wakes up. He doesn't care. Maybe you go to work or they don't work. Maybe they pay your salary or they don't pay your salary. Mommy, I want biscuits. And that child believes you will get the biscuit. And you will get it. You will get it. They've not paid you for months. You, you will get it. That child trusts. That child believes. Oh God, take me back. Uh, and I believe that should be somebody's song this morning. But eventually you have moved farther away from that point. Your song should be take me back, Lord. Take me back to the first. Oh my God. I know this is supposed to be honeymoon forever. But listen to me. If you understand this thing that I'm sharing with you, just we are able to grasp it. Your marriage is going to work like never before. Especially when both the husband and wife are listening to what I'm sharing. Because it takes two children in a marriage to make it work. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Adults, you know, I, I started an example. I don't know, maybe it was here. Or maybe it was in Akure. I shared an example of, of Tara and Isaac. Who both lived in, they live in my compound. Tara lives in my house. Isaac lives in our neighbor's house. Are you following this? And the two of them love to play with one another. They're always looking for one another. Mommy, I want to go to Isaac. Isaac to said, mommy, I want to go to Tara. Then after a long while of disturbing you, you allow them to go. And they're outside, they're playing, running around. We have a very big compound. They're running around the compound, playing, throwing, throwing ball. Just, I mean, just playing, just running around. And all of a sudden, you hear a cry. Ah! Then you run outside. Kilo Sele. Sometimes it's Isaac. Sometimes it's Tara. It happens to any of the two of them. But one of them will say, this other person just beats me now. Look at it. And you look at, you see bite marks. And you are wondering, Kibe, don't share any. Why would you just suddenly bite this person? As in, but you know you are the adult. You are the one doing all of those, those calculations and permutations. <clears throat> and you are thinking, Isaac, go to your house. Tara, you to enter your house. If the two of you cannot play together successfully without fighting, then you better, you two better stay in your house. 
that you send them to their various houses. Then you're suddenly in the house again. And you're looking for Tara. Tara, where are you? Tara, where are you? Tara, where are you? And you can't find Tara in the house. Then you go outside. Then you see Tara and Isaac. They are throwing ball to one another. It has not been... See, two minutes has not passed. They are throwing ball to one another. And you, in your mind as an adult, because your life, your own life has become complex. You are wondering, okay, as only daddy. Ah! And in two minutes, you are throwing ball to one another. Tara, are you alright? Are you okay? But Tara looks at you. And she's wondering, this is my friend. And you find couples who maybe the husband did something or the wife did something will make up their mind. I will show you. In this house, you will take. Two weeks, they are not talking. Two weeks, they are not talking. A month, they are not talking. A man came and said, my wife has been starving me. I don't know what to do. He said, I don't want to have extramarital relations. And we said, what happened? He said, my wife has denied me sex for eight months. Eight months. And he said, I'm a Christian. He said, but I don't want to go out. Eight months she has denied me. He said, what do I do? Help me. Help me. What do I do? And when you find out from the wife what happened, it could just be something that the husband did at some particular point. And she said, you will see. You will take. In this house, you will take. And the guy is taking. Because he has taken it for eight months. <laughs> Are you following this? A child. Jesus said the child will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. The child will be the greatest. I believe God like a child. I trust God like a child. I love God like a child. And listen to me. I don't want to grow from it. Oh, you didn't understand what I just said. I don't want to grow from it. Even in ministry, Pastor Tunde will agree with me. These things we call ministry has become com complex and complicated. Now, I agree that there are a lot of things that we need to do. Maybe, you know, all the branding and everything that we're doing. I mean, it's all good. We'll do it. But real ministry is impacting lives. Every life you meet, their life changes. Their life does not remain the same again. Oh, are you following me? Oh, we will build auditoriums. We will ride good cars. We'll probably buy private jets one day because we will need it as at that level. Because there are different nations that are calling for us. Are you following me? But that is never our focus. Our focus is impacting one life as a God at a time. One life at a time. Impacting everybody that we meet on our path. I trust God like a child. And I'm sure you will be wondering, Pastor, conclude that story. Did you do the meeting? Yes, I did the meeting. 9 a.m. My guys were there with instruments to set it up. But the chief security officer of Futas are there with all the security men of Futa. They were there. They came with their pickup. They were at the sport complex. They said they were not going to allow them to set up instruments. The school has said that this meeting cannot hold. They were asking for me. They said I was not around yet. So they called me. And I said, don't worry. I said, I'm coming. Just tell the people. Because people have already come. We did massive publicity. People have already come. And I said, tell the people I'm coming. So I went to Pastor Lika and I told him. I took him from his hotel. I, got, I borrowed the car from, from somebody. I thought I was in 300 level then. I borrowed the car from, from a pastor friend. 
So I drove Pastor Lee on to the, to the venue. When we were almost getting to the venue, I parked because he was a very popular guy when he was in, when he was in, um, in, in the cult and he had offended a lot of people. So there are some campuses he had gone to that he escaped by the whiskers on some campuses because they say, eh, koso, koso wolu, olomboni again, ah, so I had to park the car in a particular place. I don't want to, I don't want to take him into the midst of the commotion. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So I walked to the sports complex. And when I got there, people, you know, <laughs> oh my god, you know all those all those Jim Jim brothers, praise God. You know what I you know understand what I'm talking about. All those Jim Jim brothers. They quickly came, ah, Pastor BJ, you know, you know how they walk. So BJ, ah, Pastor BJ, I apply wisdom, can you? I apply wisdom. When they said, I said, ah, I said, we will apply wisdom. I said, what I'm doing right now is the wisdom. That's that's the wisdom. They say, hey, no, 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 no. We apply wisdom, and this right here that we're doing is the wisdom. So I left them. I went to see so somebody came. I said, are you Banjola, the one who called? I said, yes. He said, okay, good. Then he brought out a letter. He opened the letter. He says, this is the letter from the school authority. Stopping you, banning you from holding this meeting here. And when he opened the letter, I said, I'm not interested. I said, this same letter, they showed me yesterday in a panel. And I've told them I'm not interested. I said, if I didn't read it yesterday, what in the world make you think that you will now bring this letter and bring it here and I will now read it? I said, my friend, as I was going, he pulled my clothes. I said, if you pull my clothes again. The guy looked at me. My eyes was already red. I said, if you pull it again. He said, what will happen? I said, one of these three things. I said, it's either you go blind. It's either you go cripple. Or you die. One of the three. Yeah. Now, I'm telling you. Yeah. And I left. He couldn't touch me. And I went and stood in front of the people. And I said, since they did not allow us to arrange the instrument. I said, we will use our voices. So I called the praise leader. I said, oh, yeah, you begin to lead praise and worship. We are here. Then when the CSO saw that I was so determined to hold that meeting and he was about to lose his job, all of a sudden he started, people that were much more elderly than him, but were security guys, he started giving them slap. Chase them out. Ah, giving them slap. You want me to lose my job? Giving them slap. So those was charging to the crowd. And at that point, I felt, okay, what do we do, Lord? What do we do, Lord? Then somebody said, Pastor BJ, you know, already was already becoming an Aluta sin. Praise God. You know, students now, was already becoming, people were already, ah, ah, you know. Then one guy came to us and said, Pastor BJ, we don't go grieve for them. I said, we are not grieve. He said, let's go to the front of the Senate and hold the meeting. And sincerely, when he mentioned it, it was a very good idea to me. I said, ah, front of saying, yes, yeah, we will show them. Let's go. Then as we were going, I believe the Spirit of God ministered to me. I said, no, don't go there. He said, go to the SUB. So I stopped. And I told everybody, I said, you know what? We're not going to the Senate again. We're going to the front of the student union building. That's where we'll hold the meeting. Because the Spirit of God told me at that point, he said, if they ever call you back again to face another panel for this, that you held the meeting on Futa campus because that was the rule i said he said i should tell them that we held the meeting that I should ask them a question that where did they tell you we held the meeting that they by themselves will now say student you not be there. i will now tell them please say it again 
student union building. Then I will now ask them, is it management union building or student union building? Then when they say student union building, then I will say, I'm a student, so we did it in our place. So I told everybody we're going to front of student union building. All this thing I'm telling you happened within split seconds. Split seconds. I stopped and I said, we're going to SUB. So we got to SUB. It was amazing. That was one of the most awesome meetings I held in my life throughout my stay in Futa. It was already about 1 p.m. Because they've been disturbing us since morning. It was already about 1 p.m. People pulled out chairs from different places in SUB and sat. You know, if you're a Futa student, you, will, you know that place. There's a place that goes like this. That was where Pastor Lincoln stood, and I stood to preach. People sat down under the sun, under the tree, everywhere, and listened to the message. And indeed, some called guys came, and they gave their life to Christ, and were done with the meeting. And on Monday, when I got to class, my mind was like, yes, they will call you today. Today is the day of judgment. And when it was 2 o'clock, and nobody called me, I began to wonder, why didn't they call me? Are they planning to just suspend me behind the scene or something? So as I finished class that day, as I was going home, I walked to the front of the Senate. I was about to take a bus. And I believe the Spirit of God whispered to me and said to me, if they want to do anything to you, let them do it while you are. You see, they shouldn't do it. So I turned around and I started going to the Dean of Student Affairs office. So when I got to the Dean of Student Affairs office, I knocked on the door. The secretary said, come in. When I came in, watch this. You remember the first time I went? When I knocked and she said, come in. And I came in. He said, who are you? I said, Banjola Diko. She said, stand there. This time around, when I walked in, I opened the door. She stood up. And she said, ah, how are you? I said, I'm fine. He said, you want to see the day? I said, yeah. He said, please, sit down there. Ah. So I began to look. What changed? So I sat down there. And I was looking at her with one side. Me and that woman, we are partly today. When she sees me, he's a man of God. How is ministry? How is ministry? How is the work of the ministry? You understand? The last time I saw her last year, how has the work of the ministry? So she said, sit down there. So I said, I was looking at her with side eye. What happened? Then I discovered the dean was in his office. He had visitors. So by the time it was done, he was escorting the visitors out. Then the dean saw me. If you know Professor Vagbenro, is a very loud man. I don't know, maybe you'll get to watch this sometime. Because we became best of friends later. As in best of friends. When he came out and saw me, he said, Now I'm telling you, that's a, that I'm, I'm not joking. He said, Man of God! He said, Did you come to see me? I said, yes, sir. I said, hey, me. I said, yes. He said, do you have a message from God or you just came to see me? Then I switch. I said, sir, I have a message from God. He said, ah, if you have a message from God, only me will not hear it. Then he told the secretary, every member of that panel, go and call them here. This man of God has a message from God. And they all came including Pastor Ari Jesio. They all sat down. I gave them God's word. And I told them to bow their heads. And they all bowed their heads. And I prayed for all of them. And from that moment, we became friends. When we were inaugurating Love's Domain Family in 2006, Dean 
went to Akumba Koko, that's the university there. They, they, they went to old dean of student affairs of, of different institutions. So he told me that money. I said, I'm going. He said, but don't worry. I will make your inaugural service. I will make it. And we started. We didn't see him. And we were, we were almost closing when he drove, drove in and parked. And he started apologizing. He said, I'm just coming from Akun. I said, I've not even gotten home. He said, my mind has been with you. He said, I'm so tired. So I may not be able to wait. Then he dipped his hand in the pocket and brought out the prophet offering. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I collected the prophet offering and I prayed for him. Are you following this? I was a child. It would take only a child to do that. Oh, do you understand what I'm talking about? That's not the only panel I face. I face several. Several. And every time for me it was the same reaction. Same reaction. Same reaction. I trust God like a child would trust God. Can you begin to operate like a child in your marriage? Can you get on the keyboard for me? Can you begin to operate like a child in your marriage? Can you begin to function like a child in your marriage? Where you don't know all things against your husband. You don't know all things against your wife. The two of you are like children in your marriage. I was sharing in Akure, there are some marriages that have become very official. They don't play with one another. Why are you following me? Official marriages. Do you understand what I mean by official marriage? Shall I show you an example? Baba Kunle, Ekabo, Shedijem, Atikbonjen, Sori Tebu. Then Baba Kunle to say, Mommy Kunle, Eshimu. Very dry, dry something. Very dry something. I can't imagine my wife looking at me and say, Baba Temi. Amy. <laughs> More, I know I'm Baba Temi, but you don't need to tell me I'm Baba Temi. Yeah, Baba Temi. Then my wife comes in, Atikbun James, Amy. That's my babe. You understand what I'm talking about? That's my that's my babe. Hallelujah. Ah, somebody help me celebrate my babe this morning. That's, that's my bay. You understand? Reverend Albert Oduwale said, some people have bay. Some people have, uh, some people have boo. He said, but some of, our, some of us, we combine the two. We have a booby. <laughs> we don't have boo, we don't have bay. We combine the two. We have a booby. And I believe you know who, who they call a booby. That's the one we have. A boo, bay. We combine the two together. If you can become like a child in your marriage, your marriage will work better. If you can drop the complexities, if you can drop those acts, that's why I read that place in 21, verse 21. See, it, it will take only a child to function the way Jesus wanted, wanted these people to function. It, Peter came and said, Master, how many times should our brother offend us in a day? Then we forgive. He said, is it seven times? In other words, Peter was saying, after our brother offended us seven times, by the eighth time, then we can take it out on him. Take revenge on him. That seven times I've forgiven you. The eighth time, I'm not going to spare you. Because that's what the Bible said. Then Jesus said, oh, no, 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 no. You made a mistake. I didn't say seven times. I said 70 times 70. 
70 times 7 sorry and that's 490 times then Jesus now said that 490 times self is in one day and I begin to ask myself can my wife really offend me 490 times in a day when she's not the daughter-in-law of the devil herself even the devil himself cannot 490 times in one day then Jesus now said that which means after she has offended me 491 times then I cannot take revenge on her and said you broke the rule this is the 491 time then I can take revenge on you in one day then Jesus now concluded that even after 490 times that she has offended you or he has offended you he said the sun must not go down on that anger which means by the time you are waking up the following morning you must have forgotten whatever it is your spouse has done to you because it's a new day then what it means is that your spouse has another fresh opportunity to offend you 490 times and that is what brought me to what was what i shared in that video that if god is asking this of us don't you think that he can do much more if god is saying in one day 490 times don't you think god can do because god will not ask you to do what he himself cannot do and no wonder the bible says his mercies are new every morning i don't know who is struggling here with forgiveness and when i talk about struggling with forgiveness i'm talking about forgiving yourself for what you have done i don't know who is here who is struggling because you see a lot of times we we get so high in the realm of the spirits if you understand what i mean that when there's a fall we blame ourselves too much and we feel like ah oh did they me kill a thing boy I don't know who is listening to me on the internet. You may even be a pastor. And you feel like, oh my God, I committed adultery. Or something happened to you. Or you stole church money. Whatever the case may be. And now, there's an accusation against you. And you feel like, how oh, did he me? And you're holding not to that. Even though you have asked God for forgiveness. But you're yet to forgive yourself. This morning, the message to you is that you have been forgiven. The fact that you woke up this morning means that God has forgiven you. Because you woke up to a new grace. You woke up to a new grace. You see, that experience is like the experience of the children of Israel. God said, don't keep the manner of yesterday. Finish the manner of yesterday, yesterday don't keep it today because every day i'm going to be supplying fresh manna to you i remember when god first told them they did not believe god when they got the first set of manna they told themselves ah we don't know what will happen tomorrow what if manna does not come yarisika please keep some in the pot when we wake up tomorrow you will warm it then we will eat that and they slept and they woke up and they were hungry and baba risika told the Arisika, please go and warm the manna and let us eat and the bible says when she opened the pot there were maggots everywhere 
and when she brought the report to her husband and said there are maggots in the pot the man has already spilled I don't understand and the man felt oh my god my family is going to starve today how do we do it but by the time they opened the curtain of their tent and they stepped out they saw fresh manna everywhere and that is who God is that is who God is oh my god the love of God is deep the love of God is wide the love of God is amazing so wide so deep and that's why I sang that song on Saturday on Sunday evening I don't know why he loves me oh come and raise your hands everywhere as I sing it this morning I don't know why he cares. I don't know why he sacrificed himself. Oh, I am glad. I'm glad he did. Oh, I am glad. I'm glad he did. Oh, how many of us know that song? Let me see your hands if you know that song. If you don't know it, it's a simple song. Just raise your hands while you're sitting. Raise your hands to him and let's sing it together. I don't know why he loves me. Oh, come on, wave those hands unto him. I don't know why he cares. Oh, oh. I don't know why he sacrificed himself oh i am glad i'm glad he did oh i am glad i'm glad he did oh can you rise to your feet as we sing that song about three more times can we have the drama please i don't know why he loves me oh i want you to bask in the warmth of his embrace this morning i don't know why he cares oh i don't know why he sacrificed himself oh i am glad i'm glad he did oh i am glad i'm glad he did oh we're going two more times i don't know why he loves me oh can the choir help me That message was from the stables of Love's Domain Family Assembly. Senior pastors are Pastor Banji and KG Oladipo. To reach this ministry, send a mail to lovesdomainfamily at gmail.com. Remain blessed.